Welcome to the Styano Plastic Surgery Podcast with plastic surgeon JJ Styano, the only plastic surgeon in the UK who owns a clinic specializing in breast and body contouring. No one's actually asked me this question, but I put it in. Do we do surgery on mercury's in retrograde? Because I've been called back in uh, this evening. And I'll be honest with you, I think it's because mercury's in retrograde. And this, I'm not, I don't know if we've got any spiritualists out there. Um, I learned this many years ago from a patient who, who said to me, you know, how's things going? And I said, yeah, well, fine. But in reality, there's some issues in the front of house person had some issues with a boyfriend and things like that. And she goes, oh, yeah, she says, I feel terrible because Mercury's in retrograde. And ever since then, if everything's going badly or feeling, you think, oh, God, I don't feel you know, great or whatever, it's because Mercury's in retrograde. And I'm also just verbalizing this. You, you're not supposed to make any big decisions or, or, or do any, you know, big sort of sign by a house or anything thinking of buying a new bike and i wonder if i should wait until mercury's out of retrograde because of my um condition you know age basically full disclosure i'm thinking of getting an electric one yeah you heard me my son is not happy about it but you know i think it will help me up the hills i mean the hills are a killer anyway and i'm thinking i'm thinking should i wait before putting the trigger until Mercury's out of retrograde. But they're really hard to get these days, bikes. They're really like there's not many around and things. So I don't know. Um, but back to the question, do we do surgery in Mercury's retrograde? I'm seriously thinking about not doing surgery while Mercury's in retrograde because, um, you know, if, well, I should look at it scientifically, really. But I was about to say, if ever I get called in and stuff, it's when Mercury's in retrograde. I'm not sure if scientifically that's true, but it does sort of feel like that a bit. So um, so that's why I'm late tonight. I'm late tonight because I got called back in. Mercury is indeed in retrograde. I'm not sure when it's coming out. Uh, any spiritualists out there know when it's coming out of retrograde? I think it's quite soon because I think it's been in retrograde for a while. So hopefully we'll turn the corner soon. But... Um, Clearly no spiritualists out there. It's just me, isn't it? Okay. Shall we move on with the other question? <laughs> I don't think that question landed really. It didn't land as well as I was expecting a flurry of activity, to be honest with you, of people like, agreeing with me. Charlotte, are you agreeing? Good evening. No. Anyone else agreeing about the Mercury thing? Anyone else feeling it? Nope. Just me. Okay, right. Well, this is a this is a real question now. Not the other one wasn't a real question. It was just a real question from myself. Um, do we? Do you have a procedure? How long have I got? I've got two minutes before Bake Off starts. So, uh, do you do the procedure where you, I can have a dimple in my cheek? No. There is such a thing, um, and uh, you dimples here and here, uh, and really that is i mean the most of the work we do is breast and body contouring and that is where we specialize and that is where certainly i specialize now we have got other surgeons at the clinic who do more facial work and will do things like blepharoplasties 
ear um, um, correction and um, but um, the answer is no to that we we that, that that is a procedure that can be done but that's more of a facial plastic surgeon you're probably looking for for that in a similar way that i would say for uh breast you know many surgeons can do breast augmentation or breast reductions but if you have something a little bit niche a little bit different asymmetry um, you know difficult chest wall deformity or, or um a, a, some problem like that you're probably better off looking for a specialist in breast and if you have a face thing look for a specialist in face not this guy you know so yeah we don't do that um we don't do that but it can be done uh charlotte what is your favorite surgery to do and why um I have been asked this question before and I didn't I should I don't know if I'm supposed to come out with a banging straight answer I'm not sure um my gut feeling to ask that question is tummy tuck because I think tummy tuck's a great op great taking those big bit of skin off contouring the abdomen you know really nice really nice results um so initial response boom tummy tuck if I have time to think about it, breast augmentation is up there in terms of doing the surgery. And I think that's one of the things um, with this job is it's about doing the surgery and about um, working with patients. And I think it's easier working with tummy tuck patients than breast augmentation patients. So pure surgery, Breast augmentation is up there because, again, you can see it's it's, it's much quicker. Tummy tuck's quite a long op, so breast augmentation is, you know, relatively quick, so hour, hour and a half. Um, sometimes it can be tricky, like anything, just when you think you're good at something, you, you, you know, think, oh, God, this is a tricky one. So you do get tricky ones. But, you know, it's a, it's an, it's a nice operation. And, again, instant results, fantastic. You know, it's an instant thing. It's not, it's not subtle. Um, breast reduction, I guess, is also – but anyway – out of the breast i think breast augmentation probably is up there but um but the problem with breast augmentation is it does take a lot of work post-op to get people through because it often doesn't look right to start with they can get problems and issues and you have to get them through that for the first few months so that is quite stressful um but um which you get less of with tummy tuck so um yeah so probably coming up would be my answer to that one um what's going on instagram instagram is kicking off hi my implants were placed under the muscle six months ago and i suffer from a really bad animation deformity is going over the muscle the best option my surgeon offered me this solution recently as well as lack of cleavage would going over the muscle with bigger implants currently hp 500 help me to achieve better cleavage please what's your opinion thank you ania thank you difficult problem ania the reason it's a difficult problem is because your surgeon went under the muscle for a reason. And I'm assuming you haven't got much sub, uh, subcutaneous cover over your chest. And they're worried that you'd be able to see the edges, feel the edges, potential for visible rippling if they went on top of the muscle. I'm assuming that's why they went over the muscle. Because that's the thing. You've got to think, why did they go over the muscle? Because there are definitely benefits of going over them um, under the muscle, in getting, mainly in terms of the fact you get a better cleavage, and let, or at least less, sorry, not better cleavage in terms of the enhancement of the cleavage but in terms of being able to see the implant so you've got to balance those risks 
So the answer to, to your question, Anya, if you have got animation deformity, yes, the best way to treat that would be to take the implants from under the muscle and put them on top of the muscle. Um, but you'd have to worry about potentially rippling, potentially seeing, feeling the edges of the implant, particularly, Anya, if you're saying you want to go bigger, because that is a worry. Harry, Jackie, that is a worry if you want to go bigger, because rippling means being able to see the implant and it was always a balance between implant and breast and the more that balance is in favor of the breast the better i.e if you've got a smaller breast and a smaller implant and a bigger breast that's going to be good as your breast to implant ratio comes more in favor of the implant so if you're getting even bigger implant there's even more chance of being able to see or feel the edges of the implant and yeah so i would be worried about going bigger to be honest with you if you're going from under the muscle to over the muscle I would be worried about going bigger. I don't think bigger will help you get a better cleavage personally. It's difficult without seeing you and seeing your result and what have you. Um, what I normally say, the cleavage, the distance between the cleavage, the, between the, imp the, between the breasts is the same pre-op as it is post-op. But what happens when you put implants is the, that angle is enhanced. So that 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 is a sort of steeper cleavage after implants. The problem with putting under the muscles, if we don't relieve the muscles enough, it can push the implants wide so that might be the case your if your cleavage is actually wider post-op than it was pre-op it might be that that your surgeon hasn't released the muscle enough that's pushed those implants laterally and so that would be improved by putting them on top of the muscle um, whatever implant you have having a bigger implant will not improve it more although it might make the angle steeper but it would increase your risk of being able to see the implant in terms of rippling or feeling the edge of it tricky one Anya tricky one there You've landed a tricky one on me. Um, difficult. I think putting them on top of the muscle would solve the animation and would potentially make the cleavage better, but it might make you have rippling. Bottom line, if you're very slim, presumably that's why you ha had the implants uh, under the muscle because you are slim, presuming. But you might there must be an option. You might maybe there, there's enough cover to put it because your surgeon's offered that. That is a tricky one, Annie, and I'm going to say good luck to you on that one. Um, thank you for the question very, very much. Thank you. Um, do we do ear fold technique? Now, this, looking at this, this is all, yeah, face. So ear fold technique is a little metal, actually, what is it, titanium, I think it is, little clip that goes on this bit here, which is called the anti-helical fold. This, not, not this, that's the helical rim. And this is the anti-helical rim, or the anti-helical fold. And the little clip, it's like a little... You know those clips you get that go around like paper, big things of paper? It's like a little metal U-shaped clip. Uh, it seems to be a good thing. And we offered it when Mark Lloyd was working here, but he doesn't work here anymore. I say here. I'm at home at the moment. I'm not in, in the clinic there. Um, so the answer is no, because only certain people can do it, and Mark's one of them. And uh, so we don't do it anymore. But we do do otoplasty. We do reshape ears with the more traditional technique, which is the scoring of the cartilage um, and bringing the ear back, which is a more uh, extensive op a procedure which can correct the ear more. more um, uh, you've got more options with doing that surgery, although it is more invasive. So in the right candidate, the ear fold can be a good thing, but it's the ear fold's not for everybody, whereas an otoplasty is pretty much for everybody. Anyone can benefit from an, an otoplasty because you can sculpt and uh, you can reshape the cartilage um, with much more um, uh, width of what you can do sort of thing than with the, with the clip 
but nevertheless i think there is a place for the clip and uh, as i say we did offer it for a very short period of time and i thought it was a good idea um i don't know how much it's taken off it was developed by a plastic surgeon i hope it's taken off it's good that someone's asked the question because he's obviously getting his marketing out there i hope it's taken off um because i wish him well with it but uh, we don't offer it um at the clinic although we do do otoplasty do we offer lower eye bag surgery now this is an interesting one because we do upper eye bag surgery uh also known as blepharoplasty uh again curum does this i don't do this lower blepharoplasty is a much bigger i'll say much a bigger i won't say much i'll just say bigger abs uh a bigger operation than upper blepharoplasty so an upper blepharoplasty can be done under a pure local anesthetic and we've got that facility in our clinic a lower blepharoplasty usually needs more than a low uh, more than a local anesthetic that will need um local anesthetic with sedation <clears throat> or a general anesthetic because it's more like a mid facelift to lower blepharoplasty you you tighten the cheek um an upper blepharoplasty is just taking the upper eyelid bags away um, certainly a lower blepharoplasty is less common than uh, an upper blepharoplasty but uh, we don't do the lower blepharoplasties at the clinic because you need more of an anesthetic with those you would need um, as I say a local with sedation or a general because you tend to sort of undermine and do things with the bags um, underneath the eyes um, as well as tightening the skin uh, so an upper blepharoplasty is just purely a skin procedure uh, whereas a lower is skin and muscle and fascia um, so yeah, we don't do that one at the clinic. Can we offer tattoo excision for a foot tattoo? Now this question has been asked because of someone who sent in a photo of their foot tattoo and they wouldn't let me show it. But uh, anyway, it's on the dorsum of the foot. It's on the, it's on the top of the foot, um, assuming this is a foot. Um, so it's on, the, it's, on the, it's on the top of the foot here. Really bad place for a scar. Now, I guess you could say we do tattoo excision any part of the body because it's about taking a bit of skin off and we can take a bit of skin off any part of the body doesn't matter where it is I'm trying to think there's no part of the body that you uh, wouldn't take uh, a tattoo off eyeball actually is one um eyeball tattoo can't do but as long as it's not on your eyeball yeah we can take that bit of skin off the problem with the dorsum of the foot is it's a really bad place for a scar there's constant trauma you're putting your shoes and socks on constant trauma and this person has actually sent us a photo where they pinch the skin and said look at this the skin is pinched the thing you've got to move think over the foot and it's the same with the hand is the foot's got to move so it's all very well saying oh i've got loads of spare skin on my foot but you've got to as soon as you you know you cut you stitch it up tight as soon as you start walking it will it'll be under tension and there's risk that the wound could open up so you'd be surprised how little skin you can remove on the foot and also on the dorsum of the hand the same um without it being really tight so we do do it but it's a really bad place um to have a tattoo and to have it well to have well maybe not a bad place to have a tattoo but it's a bad place to have it excised it's a bad place to have a scar so not going to be massively positive about it abs shouted you out francis is here shout shout out to francis um can you remind me of what bmi you need to be below for surgery abs leading question oh someone's asked a question that's reminded me abs Oh God, I've pressed the wrong button. Uh, anyway, abs. Here we go. Yeah, abs. I'm going to throw that back at you, abs, to say what surgery you're talking about. Because if you're talking about a mole or you know some kind of local anaesthetic minor procedure, a nipple correction or um, something like that, BMI is not in the book. It's not there. Doesn't matter. Whatever BMI. 
um, unless it's crazy big and you worry about the operating table, you know. Um, but if it's a bigger op, like something like a breast thing or a body thing or something, particularly something that needs a GA or something like that, then the BMI does matter, tummy tuck. So then the BMI does matter because um, you're the two things for the BMI. One is if you lose weight after surgery, it's going to sh change the shape of your body. So if you, um, you, you really want to operate on a stable platform, you don't want to operate on something that's moving, there's something that's changing. So um, ideally, you want to have it stable, number one. So, um, so you, um, you want to be stable, number one. So regardless of what the number is, you need to be stable. So if you're not stable, if you want to lose weight or if you want to put on weight, you know, if you're not happy with your weight, you're better to get it to get it where you're happy first. So so number two, there is an absolute BMI number, which is 30. That's the 30 that most people talk about. But um, it's not written in stone 30. It's just that that's what they've chosen when they've done studies. And they say, look, your risk of complications is higher when your BMI is higher than 30. So ideally, if you can get a weight lower than 30, that is better. Um, so 30 is the number. But as I say, even if you blow weights below 30, if you want to lose weight, or as I say, if you want to put on weight, you're better to do it before surgery, particularly something like a tummy tuck, because we can make the skin really tight when we do a tummy tuck. But if you lose weight afterwards, we could have made it tighter and you might have a bit of lax skin. So um, I understand the argument that oh, I can't exercise and stuff with all the tummy there, but that is in that is um you know that is the thing 30 francis hey look at this um shouting out francis and this is why thanks for the best health care and being the most friendly surgeon on the planet my god didn't expect that francis taken aback um and look at this vicky's got a shout out as well shout out vicky in the house vicky for being so helpful and lovely well francis thank you I do try, Francis. I do try. It's difficult and, you know, it takes time to get things right and, and to get things to settle. And, um, well, thank you. I, I like to think that we're in it together and we, we you know, good. That's kind. Flushing there. Right. Okay. Thank you. Hayley D. Picks. I had a BBRA. Nice comment, Hayley D. Picks. Um, Nice one. Um, well, that's kind, isn't it? So, and, you know, that Mercury's in retrograde, but lovely comments from Francis. Thank you, Francis. Um, right. Oh, I've got the wrong thing on the screen for the Facebook. Um, right, here we go. Look at this one. I had a Bellini lift. It's not a Bellini lift. It's uh, Benelli. It's Benelli, not Bellini. Um, I had a Benelli lift. Uh, I had a Benelli lift and my areolas definitely stretched out, which I was told after was normal. My question is, can you reduce areolas? Spelt wrong, spelt differently both times. Anyway, we're going to we're just going to gloss over that, guys, and keep them smaller. Also, what technique could be used to stop them stretching? So um, can you reduce areolas and stretch? Yes, you can. So um, this patient sent a photo. I didn't even ask to show the photo because I don't want to get in trouble with Facebook and Instagram because I know what'll happen, I'll get banned. If I show, show photos with nipples on, so I've got to cover the nipples. I thought if I cover the nipples, you can't see the areola. Anyway, um, I don't want to go down that route. I have been on the wrong side of Facebook and I haven't been banned from Instagram yet, but definitely been banned from Facebook. Um, 
so I'm not going down there. Keep the breasts, keep the breasts off the broadcast. Um, but anyway, this patient, I don't know if if you're out there. Well, obviously you're out there, but I don't know if you're watching this. Um, I've got to be honest with you. I think the areolas are actually pretty well in proportion. I'm, you know, full, it, well, I didn't do this. I'm not saying because I, I didn't do the surgery. I didn't do the Benelli lift. But um, whoever's done it, I think it looks all, all right. But uh, in answer to the question, can they be reduced? Well, yes, they can be reduced. Um, and what technique we use to stop them stretching? Well, what I tend to do, and, and, and people are, people are, are um, a split on this. And if the fact that people are split means there's no best way. So I'm not telling you my way is the best way. Because if my, my way is the best way, everyone would do it. Let's face it. I use a permanent suture. I use a permanent suture to, to keep that areola small. Um, it's a clear proline. It's a clear permanent suture. It's very, very, well, let's say very rare. But it's quite hard to get because most permanent sutures are colored. Because most permanent sutures have to be removed. But this is a, a, a clear permanent uh, proline suture in order to keep that areola down and, not, and avoid it from stretching. It can stretch whatever technique you use but that's how i try and reduce the risk of it stretching now you might say why doesn't everyone use a permanent suture good question i'll say to you the reason everyone doesn't use a permanent suture for two reasons first of all it's permanent so if you can um if you can feel the edge of the stitch or if you can feel the knot or something like that you're always going to be able to feel it it's not going to dissolve so if you can feel the knot we try and bury the knot as much as we can but if you can feel the knot you're always going to be able to feel that so that's a problem the second thing is when we tie the knot, we try not to put too many throws on the knot. I don't know if you know what I mean by throw. A throw is like that. You know, when you do a knot, when you do your laces, that's one throw. And then you do those two loops. Yeah, so we do several throws to make it um, more robust. But if you do too many throws, you're more likely to feel it. But if you don't do enough throws, if that knot comes undone, there, then you get recurrence of the areola. Um, um, stretched areola so you are relying on that knot so that is a, the downside of it of it so um not everybody does it that way and people use barbed sutures and long-term dissolving sutures and other other techniques but i use the permanent suture because i feel that's the best way to um to stop it from stretching in 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 my in my view and in my experience but nevertheless it can still stretch even with a permanent suture a the stitch not might go and b it might be a there might be some give in the tissues so there's still a risk of recurrence even with the permanent suture um that is a risk with an areola reduction and just my private journey agrees with francis best surgeon facebook you're listening best instagram is saying this guy's the best surgeon and Vicky is amazing too. Best surgeon, best nurse. What a duo. Unstoppable. <laughs> We're an unstoppable force. Um, did I go through that a bit quickly? I feel like I might have done. But you know what I'm saying? We all know that time's kicking on and we haven't got, you know, time is limited. Let's face it. Um, you know, we've got so long. Uh and i can hear it i can hear it on next door have we got any i've done i'm i'm done in i'm quite frankly done in i'm overwhelmed by francis and my private journey overwhelmed by the support and i am sorry i'm late do apologize try and do better next week oh corin's on corin's on oh corin's on another Look at this. We've got a Facebook positivity 
We've got Instagram positivity, we've got Facebook positivity. Come on. 100% best surgeon. That's why I've chosen you for my surgery in December. Yeah, big up yourself, Corinne. Bloody good choice, Corinne. I think Instagram people would would agree with you. Um, that's jolly good of you, Corinne. I won't let you down. Thank you. 100%. I would uh, just, I would have preferred 110%, Corinne, actually. But, you know, I'll take 100. I'll take 100%. I'll take that, you know. Um, but I only worked 110% personally. Yeah. I give 110% in everything that I do. Yeah. Tasha, what can we do to help? Oh, yes. That's Tasha. Thank you. Sorry. That was the question from the stories. What can we do to help swelling post op? Did you ask the swelling? Did you ask the thing on the question? Yes. I did have another question on the thing, the way you're supposed to ask the questions. So if that was you, well done. If it wasn't you, whoever asked that question, well done. So throw it right back at you, but I think I know the answer, but I'm going to throw it back at you and say, what's the surgery? Because that's the first thing I was going to say. Nebulous question, Tasha. You did ask, right. So let's just say, for example, some kind of body contouring surgery, like arm lift or thigh lift or something like that, shall we? Um, so um, what can you do to help swelling through swelling post-surgery? So there's several things you can do to reduce swelling post-surgery. I know, I know. Um, so, first of all, um, compression. Compression is good for surgery if you can put compression on. So things like tummy tucks, uh, mastopexy, tummy tucks, you have a binder on, mastopexy, you have a bra on, gynecomastia, you have a sort of vest on. Arm lifts, thigh lifts are difficult. Uh, it's difficult in my experience to get compression you can get compression on the arm the first of all the compression has to go past the joint so it has to go past the elbow and it has to go past the shoulder so you have to get the compression it has to be sort of quite long um, because the problem with compression is the potential for swelling past where it stopped if that makes sense so you know if you stop here you're going to get swelling past it and the problem I've got is the armpit it's always difficult in the armpit because the swelling the the, the garments are often um, um sort of empty in the armpit so that you can move the ar arm but i just worry that there's potential because the incision goes up into the armpit and there's an l there so i worry about that so a garment is a potential um, and we can talk about that but i don't routinely use garments for armless or thigh lifts um, i don't use garments because of that reason because of where because they can be constrictive of where the garment stops so compre um, compression is number one number two is elevation that might be a bit extreme to be fair so what you're doing with elevation is you're trying to get it above the level of your heart so your heart's um sort of here so if you can do it like that you know the arm is going to be above the level of the heart because the heart's here it's all a lot of the arm so just if you're sitting watching telly it's difficult when you're both and like that or if you're in bed, above the, the vertical height of the, the, the heart. So if you're in bed, if you're lying with your arms on pillows, I don't know if that makes sense. So it's still above the heart because you're lying down. Yeah. So um, elevation is, is good. Um, good to keep everything circulating. The, the blood flow, the, 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 the arteries, the veins, but also the lymph. So keep everything moving. Keep your hand moving. Don't do stuff. So don't go lifting because that's going to make the swelling worse. 
So you don't want to do doing anything active with your arms, but certainly keeping everything moving, keeping the, the everything circulating is good to keep it all circulating. So keeping it circulating, elevation, um, and as I say, compression is good for certain areas, but on the arm lift, I find it is always a challenge. The other thing you can consider, although again, I don't particularly recommend it, Tasha, is the uh, hot or cold. So hot, hot or cold can help. So hot water bottle or or sort of you know ice, but maybe not ice, frozen peas. Um, two things. First of all, not directly. So particularly with the frozen peas, not directly. Wrap it in a towel <clears throat> or wrap it in something so that there's not direct um, contact on your arm. But secondly, the problem with hot and cold is that you've often got abnormal sensation uh, after this surgery. And there's a potential you can burn the skin and you can burn it with the hot or the cold. So you have got to be a little bit careful with prolonged and sort of falling asleep with a hot water bottle on it and stuff. So therefore, I would advise caution. And again, I don't particularly I don't particularly push it. So the things that I would push is elevation and moving. Yeah, that's what I would do. Yeah, keep it moving. See what I'm doing? Keep it moving, keep it elevated. Simple as that. Maybe a bit of that every now and then. Yeah, I should do a video on this. This has got a YouTube video. I mean, that is going to go viral. What to do after an arm lift. Yeah, got it? Elevate, move. And Tasha, if you're worried, you know what to do. Yeah, get on the blower, give us a ring, drop us an email, um, take a photo, send it over, come on into the clinic. Hmm? I'm there tomorrow. Drop in. Well, don't drop in. Give us a ring. Let us know you're coming. Um, but definitely come and see us if you're worried, Tasha, because it's been two weeks, three weeks. So it's been a few weeks. So if you're still swollen, give us a ring. And uh, or drop us a photo, drop us um, an email or something like that. But and as I say, just come in and we'll have a look. Just you know, make sure everything's okay. But uh, but yeah, it does. It is swollen. It's a big op. It is swollen, and it will be swollen for a. I'm going to say a couple of months, Tasha. I mean, not not really badly, but it's going to take ages for that to settle, and it will get better every day. But it does go up and down a bit as you feel better and you do more. It does swell more. So thanks for the question. I'm sorry I almost missed it because I did see that you or someone had asked that question on the proper little box that I put on there. And thank you for doing that. And I feel bad that I nearly missed it. But well done you for doing it in the appropriate place. Is there any others? Uh, I'll see you then next week. Have a question not covered in today's show? Then send it over to info at styanoplasticsurgery.co.uk using the hashtag AskJJ. We'd love to hear from you.